We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome all, welcome back to Mavs Party, part of Pod Maverick. This is our post-game, post-game fan show where you get to come up and talk a little basketball with me, uh, which might not be your cup of tea, but if you have a take you want to get off your chest, I really do recommend this. It's so much more fun to actually speak about basketball to another human being than it is to type about it on Twitter, on your phone, looking at Reddit. Looking at YouTube, well, I guess we are on YouTube. I want you to come up here and talk basketball with me. There is this, uh, a, a pinned a link in the chat that you can go and click to. If you are on Twitter and want to join this, I can link you directly. Just shoot me a DM. I check those throughout this. Uh, we will be here for as long as folks have opinions and want to talk about the Mavericks. It's only 10 o'clock. I would like, you know, I can get at least another hour. Um, but if, if anybody wants to, to come up, please go ahead and click that link. We got our usual entry correspondent, Brian, hanging out tonight. Come, I'm literally going to start referring to you as a correspondent because you come up here every night. So, yeah, guys, go ahead and click that link. Please join the show. Uh, I would really, really appreciate it because I like talking oops to you. Brian, what's going on, man? That's funny. I like being the cold bear to your uh, idea, John. Uh, man, I'm excited. Are you excited? Talk to me. What's what's which one is more for you? Uh, of the two trades? Oh man. I, I honestly I, I think that so I'm I'm gonna zag. I know which player I've been more adamant about us bringing in and who I'm like more excited to see play. But that Gafford deal, dude, on a couple of different levels, right? Because it was only getting off of homes bad salary, which I do hope he's able to rehab his threat a bit in Washington. I know he's not going to get like a whole lot of eyeballs there, but they don't have another center, so they're going to have to play him, and I hope he's able to play well in his minutes because, yeah, I completely feel what you said at the start of the previous show where 
there was definitely he was told one thing and then on the way out it might not have been quite the same especially with him waving his trade kicker yeah but, I'm, I'm messing with dude's money just sucks i don't like it yeah oh. yeah no it, it doesn't feel good uh but i and I, I don't think that he got all of the opportunities that he probably could have had while he was here but we tried him out a couple of times sometimes it worked sometimes it didn't we knew we needed an upgrade, and we went and got one. Not only did we get one and Gafford, we got a guy who I've been big on them going to go and get for like a year and a half now. Did it with, honestly, without touching our pool of seconds, I thought we were going to have to. We sent out a swap to OKC in 2028, but we like we could talk about the picks in a second. I'm not worried about that 27 pick. I'm not worried about that 28 swap because those only matter. If you're betting on Luka Doncic being the first player in the history of the sport to turn down that Supermax extension. And I don't think he's walking away from that money. Yeah. I keep having this conversation. Um, my friend Harold, who messages me, he's like, he's like, guys, really think Luka could maybe make up that money. This is a lot of, uh, of, of pressure in the front office. I'm just like, and I never heard of a dude making up $100 million before. Uh, you feel me? Yeah. It's not I mean, it's like even when. Yeah, and I and I feel like he he might not be able to do that. I feel like he could probably touch it just with like the fame that he has mm-hmm. overseas, particularly in Europe, and the way that he could like do endorsement deals over there and really kind of recoup a lot of his NBA money if he doesn't, you know, if he wants to go that route. But why do that when you could just have the best of both worlds? And right. so I feel like he's gonna take the biggest contract he can take here and get his uh his commercial money. But that that that's an aside, the Gafford deal. Sure. I am excited about that just because we have seen now a handful of good trades and good business done in between us and Sam Presti. And if Nico is developing a good working relationship with Mr. First Round Pick Piggy Bank Man, that can only spell good things for us. Like if we just have like kind of a give and take partnership like that, like, yeah, we gave him a swap, but they didn't have to give up that first, even if it was protected, even if it's in the 2024 draft, you know, which some GMs and teams like aren't valuing like that. They didn't have to give up that first and make that trade possible for us, especially with us being in their division, in their sure. conference, right? Potential playoff opponent. Right. And I feel like it's kind of a, you know, a had on had a favor for a favor kind of thing with us looking out at the draft and allowing them to jump whoever was angling to get to 11 to try and take Casey Wallace. Because I remember at the time that being what was reported, someone was going to jump to 11 and take that dude. Yeah. And yeah, no. So just that being able to happen and that being something that we can kind of keep our eye on in the future as far as like, okay, we know if we need to make it a team deal or something, we know kind of who the usual suspects are going to be that we're going to be going to. We're going to be going to Washington. We're going to be having talks with New York maybe. And we're going to be going to OKC. And those are three teams with, a lot of assets and smart GMs who like aren't going to screw over their teams, but are willing to do good business with you. If you're not a complete uh, dunce about it. Sure. I mean, and the, and the thunder have to do something about the glut of picks they own anyways, because it becomes yes. a devaluing situation. If you just hold on to them till the end of time. Yeah. I remember being mad, um, mad quote unquote, Matt, uh, you remember the end of the first round of this past draft when Denver dug their hand in the Thunder's cookie jar. Like, they sent them a pick. I think it was right before the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, sent them a pick, and OKC okay, so sent them back, like, a future pick and a pick in the 24 draft. And, yeah, that's the pick that they used to take Julian Strother at the back end of the first round. Yep. 
And I was like, yeah, that's what smart GMs are going to do. The Thunder, they cannot roster all those picks, especially the ones that are coming up in the next, like, two years. Right. So, yeah, go talk they're already, to them. They're already fixed to pay, picks. like, 37 Supermax contracts at this point with all the great players they have. So, Dude, they just had to, like, offload and waive four or five guys today. They did. They, they did. Decent players. Poor, poor Dave, Dave Burt is, is out there in, in Charlotte now. Hopefully he's a man of the people out there for them. Hey, man, Big Head is a gift that keeps on giving. That contract is good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's what is maybe a guaranteed five mil next year. So, yeah, no, that thing is looking pretty enticing. And so it was definitely easy for them to move off of that. And they definitely did us a solid by allowing us to move it, open up that TP, uh, that TPE during the draft to make the OMAX and Rashawn Holmes trade possible. And now that's turned into Gafford. So, you know, good business done all around. I'm really excited for what that can spell for the future with dealings with OKC in particular. But also, dude, we don't have the worst center rotation in the league anymore. We actually have one of the best. So I'm Did you big. You just reminded me of something. I just want to talk about it. I turn mm-hmm. I I am a I'm I'm nearly 40 years old. I it should not be a surprise to anyone that I have listened to Bill Simmons my entire oh. life. Okay. Yeah. I've read him since I was 18. He is a big part of my internet experience. I like him, even though a lot of people are grown weary of him. I turned off that trade deadline podcast. I was not going to listen to it. Because he says, he said early on that finding a rim rolling center is easy. And so Derek Lively, therefore, doesn't have much value to him. That's why he's not in his top 75. And then he proceeds to put Josh fucking Giddy as his 75th player. And I'm like, Giddy's not even going to play on the Thunder. He has negative value. They had to trade for Gordon Hayward specifically because teams have been sagging off of Giddy, putting their centers on him. On he's so bad. And just letting him rock from the corner. And so it's like, and so that just made me think of it because you're right. Like the Mavericks now have the, the Josh and I mentioned this. I think that the fact that you can play an actual center, should you so choose for 48 minutes of an NBA game is something we have not been able to do. Since before the birth of Christ, it has never happened during my time. As, I mean, no, it's really been since like 2002 <laughs> when the Mavericks had 13 centers to throw at Shaq. It's been such a long time since the Mavericks had real centers. It's nice. Real centers, like an actual, we'll, we'll see if he is a starting power forward. I believe PJ is a starting caliber power forward. I believe he's got that type of talent, at least offensively. On defense, it's, I think it'll be when he is locked in. It will look good. At its floor, it's going to be better than the worst that we've been getting from Grant by far. But you just the wingspan alone makes a difference. Seven to and a half wingspan. Over a hundred possessions per game times thirty games a year. You know, I don't know how many possessions a guy plays in a game, but if he's playing twenty six minutes or thirty two minutes, if he's playing, it's it's enough to where I'm going to sit there and say the guy with longer arms, the bigger lineup. Is gonna be harder to score on than the smaller lineup just over the course of time. So that Luca is no longer the second biggest Maverick is important. You know, someone tweeted at me today, I think it was my man Jordan who was up here on the last show. He said, We have a normal sized team now. And and it's such a minor thing, but I think it matters because you don't want Luca to have to guard like you want to be able to hide Luca just because of his offensive burden. And it's nice that they just have some bigger guys now. I, I think that'll matter. And not just like size. Dude, we have bench players coming off of the bench now. We have guys who are on minimum 
able to slide back into the role they were like brought here to play. Like Dwight Powell getting to be like the third big who plays maybe every other game. Mm-hmm. That's great. He was he's been good for us this year. He'll be great in that role. Derek Jones Jr. gave us way more, frankly, than we deserved this season. Right. And he's tired out. People started trying to turn on him. I said, Mm-mm, how quickly y'all forget what he did for us. Now he's going to be going back to a bench role where he can come in, play three or five, guard, center, guard, point of attack, do whatever we need him to do off of the yep. bench and just plug holes. And I feel like that is the perfect way to use him. And now we've got Dante Exum, if presumably bringing like a, a ball handler with our uh, lone spot that we have left on the roster, like one of these buyout guys. People have been uh, clamoring for Spencer Dinwiddie. I wouldn't mind that. I would prefer they go get Dylan Wright just because I think he's a better point of attack defender. Let's and just, that might let's be just bring back an old Maverick is what you're, is, is what you're saying you're going to be fine with. I, I mean, there. so those were the guards <laughs> that I could think of that could like dribble and walk and chew on at the same time that are on the market. Like Kyle Lowry would be nice, but uh that's a that's yeah, that would hurt me. I feel too, I fear he's that. too washed. Yeah, he's too washed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like guys that slide in the roles they're supposed to be in. We have a normal looking roster with a normal looking rotation. That's a normal size now. That sure. that's fun. That's fun. That's all I have to you, say about so, that. So I, and, and before I let you go and bring up the next person, I gotta tell you what would make me feel great about this whole thing. And what would bring it all together is a brand new coach. Hey, man, look, you, you're talking summer talk now. Because I'm, look, <laughs> we, we get to the summer, right? I'm just being a shit. We we get to the summer. Say we, you know what I'm saying? We land as a seven seed or whatever. We get into the plan. We got two chances to win two games. Don't. Yeah. Next thing yeah. you know, we got a new coach. We've got Josh Green, Tim Hardaway, Jaden Hardy, Omax. Two open first, four seconds, a pick swap. We've got we're some gonna, assets. We're going to coach Bud it. We're going to say, Coach Bud, we're going to be talking about you a little bit. No, this, this, this Kyrie, I'm the coach. Luke is the coach. Daniel Gaff is the coach. Yeah, for sure. What if we did make Kyrie the coach? Be like, bro, we need you for 40, 45 games a year, but we need you to coach. The other thing, honestly, that would be so much more fun than what we watched the first half of the season. He's like, he's a he's a good clapper. He's a he's enthusiastic. He obviously knows ball. Let's do that. Like at the very least, he'd have the dude's attention in the huddle. I, I know. I, I think that's true. I think he. I that might lead like a true leadership position might might spur something in him. Hey, you never know. All right, man. Thanks so much for getting us started. Of course, dude. Thanks for having me. Happy trade deadline, everybody. That's right. Talk soon. Yeah. Okay, coming up next is J Max. J Max, welcome to the show. Long time no see. Welcome back. Hey, how's it going? It's good. What's going on tonight? What are you thinking? Uh, super happy. Uh, just stoked about the possibilities where we're going. Um, the guy before me said most of it. No, let's Um, hear it again. I want to hear what you're happy about. That's the whole point of this thing. Well, uh, I I don't want to reiterate too much on what's already been said, but, uh, like the front office issue of it, I know what you're saying. Like, yeah, they, they were getting rid of assets. They did pick up Christian Wood, but I mean, they got Christian Wood and opened up five, four or five roster spots, and then they brought anybody they could bring it. Like <clears throat> they're working like off the barroom floor, trying to like piece something back together. Shout out and, to Theo Pinson. Yeah, shout out to Theo Pinson. You know, <laughs> podcaster elite. 
Um, so they're just like, you know, what's it been three years now? And they've been nonstop trying to, or Nico has been trying to put stuff together. And I think they've put something together and we have some assets this summer. And that's not where we were at the end of last year. You remember? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we this we were nice. scratching our heads going, what the hell is this team going to do? Yeah. And now we're at the trade, de- trade, de- uh, trade deadline. And um, we've got better basketball players all around. And, um, you know, it feels like we're two actual players deep per position if needed. On paper, yeah. Yeah, on paper. I and see that. I feel like we have like <clears throat> Green, Hardy, and Omax, I feel like are going to come right back up uh, through like um, Hardy's uh, what second year player, and he looks like a second year player. He's probably a small shooting guard, not a point guard, and they're trying to create something out of him. I don't mind giving him a few years to figure it out. But I don't want to see him in the playoffs, and you know that kind of stuff. Um, same with Omax. You know, uh, maybe Omax starts hanging out with PJ Washington, and PJ gets him to, to slow down a step and observe before he just barrels through somebody. Um, you know, it's I all like about that. you know getting good people around, and Dwight Powell being a the new Theo Pinson. Uh, that's awesome. You know, he's a a rah-rah guy for sure. And uh, I guess the last thing is uh, for the front office is they've pulled the trigger on everything else that wasn't working. So if they give all this to kid and he can't call good timeouts and he can't make good substitutions and he can't do anything that he's supposed to do as a coach, Send he him back in. so hard in the post game stuff where he's like, "Well, I don't know if they'll be ready on Saturday. Don't know if they'll be ready to play." And part of me is like, "My man, it's basketball. These guys yeah. have played basketball their whole lives. Let's let them go play some basketball." Exactly. And it's like, I don't know. I think if kid can't make it happen, Jared Dudley is sitting there. I mean, I don't know. There, there's options at coach. So sure. if if kid can't make something happen, um, you know, everybody likes him. That's great. But maybe he takes Michael Finley's spot mm-hmm. uh, instead of instead of the the lead seat on the bench. But that's pretty much all I got, man. I'm just super happy to have. Uh, NBA size players. That's right. Big guys uh, is nice. Big guys is nice, and I love the fact that all these guys are under twenty five, just starting their prime. You know, nobody's stuck in this mediocrity of like, oh, this is what I am, so this is all you're going to get. You know, our oldest players are Maxi and Thj, and well, and Kyrie, but you know, I'm, he's Kyrie, so we just deal with that. But it's great, great stuff, great stuff. Well, man, thank you so much for joining. Oh, no problem, man. Thanks for doing the shows. Of course. Talk to you soon, all right? All right, later.
All right, so we got a lot of folks in here. We got seven folks waiting to talk. Um, I'm going to go in order as everybody appeared in the room. Um, yeah, and that was uh, that was Lila. Um, she is uh, she was barking outside while, and I, I really hope you guys didn't hear her on the show. She's just barking like a lunatic. <laughs> um, all right, so come, we're going to bring everybody up. Uh, we'll not take. I'll probably try to. You know, we'll we'll try to keep everybody's comments relatively brief. But I'm not going to cut you off. Just uh, be cognizant of the fact we got a lot of folks waiting. I want everybody to be able to have a chance to talk. Coming up next, my man Henry. Henry, Team Captain Kyrie. What's going on tonight? What going on, everybody? What's shaking? Did you enjoy the game? I did enjoy the game, but I want to start here. I'm a, in your deepest of hearts, my guy. Did you notice the hole that was missing from Grant Williams and Rashawn Holmes tonight? Did you miss him? No, and I thought that Luca, in particular, played with a a little more air about him. Um, I was really worried of him being in New York City for three days. Like that just struck me as a bad combination. <laughs> and he looked good. He looked light. He looked ready to go. And then in the post game, he seems to be. Just very businesslike. It reminded me, frankly, of how LeBron works with guys, which I think sometimes is not the best for team morale. But I'm sorry, Grant. Grant got plenty of chances, and he couldn't come through. I did not miss either one of them in the slightest. I forgot he was on the team within 24 hours. It was absolutely amazing. Um, one of the takeaways that I did think about today is I'm assuming PJ is going to start. So then you'll have PJ. Um, you still have – you. so now you have a Luka Lively pairing. With PJ to step out, space it, maybe a pick and pop free throw line of the three. Mm. Then when Luca rests in the second quarter, then Kyrie's running the show by himself. Now you have Maxi at the four, Gafford at the five. So now you have Luca Lively live threat, Kyrie Gafford live threat, PJ spaces, and then now you have Maxi to space the floor. So there's mm. really not too much of a drop off once they go to the bench. Normally Kyrie had to come in with fucking Dwight Powell and other shit. So now he actually has something to work with. So um different and different guys who can step up in case of injuries i mean one of my friends today was like i think Derek lively is a little injury prone i'm like he broke his nose yeah no i was a freak that was freak i'm not worried about that <laughs> but it's nice though because it feels a little there's some insurance going on here yeah 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 because because now you basically four and five you have the roll man and the pop in both situations with gafford and uh maxi uh and then you now have lively and uh pj washington so that's also a nice thing I'm, I'm hoping, I am hoping Kid no longer has the excuse of fucking roster, so no more subliminals of passive-aggressive shit. You now have a good roster if you don't make this work, fam. Because I'm, I'm a gift, I've, I've been an avid get the kid the hell out of Dallas, like restraining order. I don't even want him in the, the, the fort. I don't want him in DFW. I've been very adamant about that. Yes, it's true. But if he was playing 3D chess, and he was just, just throwing out shit lineups to let management know in a passive aggressive way that we need to upgrade the roster. Now we have, I want to see what he's going to do with it. There's no longer an excuse. What I did like today though, was I saw back to back to back Luca Kyrie pick and rolls or Kai Luca pick and rolls um, within the short fade, which I have no idea why we haven't done that sooner, but I like that a lot. Man, that has, that's the only thing I can think of, but it like, it's just, it's Kyrie's a role man is hilarious. Like, he's so good. What do you do? I mean, obviously you throw size at him, but it's like that's a terrifying role, man. If he gets oh, the yeah. ball at the in the in the short roll. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I, again, they did it for each other. And again, I have no idea why we didn't do this sooner. Why did this take so long for this to do? You genuinely can't do anything. This team is unguardable. Like, I mean, if you get one more shooter on the floor with them, I I particularly just those two. One more, like, because Josh Green was really good at spreading the floor tonight. 
yeah. a little small, but it's just if it, 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 there's there's a lot there. That's why I I you know I, there's something with this team. I don't know how good they can be, but I know how good they feel whenever they're I, really cooking. I'm going out on the limb and saying by the end of this. Okay, so everybody likes it. Not not everybody, but Lucas stands like to try to meet Rod Brunson when he was here as if he was the reason y'all had a seventh ranked defense with that one time y'all went to the Western Conference Finals. Um, it wasn't. It was Doran Finney-Smith. It was obviously Max playing at a high level, so on and so Reggie. forth. It was Reggie. Reggie was, playing, Reggie was playing at a high level as well. I, I think we finished top 15, so probably like average, maybe 12th, somewhere in there, depending on how we got it. I'm going to go out on the limb and say Western Conference Finals. Ooh. I'm going to go out and put that out. Because if we – I want the Thunder, but we'd have to be the AFC, so which means we'd have to play that extra game for the play-in. But sure. in in in, in – I guess in La La Land, I would prefer the Thunder because they're inexperienced. The Wolves, boneheaded, inexperienced. Um, as long as we don't play the Clippers or Denver in the first round, I think we get past the first round. Um, and then we kind of go from there because when asses get tight, palms get sweaty, we have to, we know for a fact that these two rise to the occasion. Nobody wants to see us in a seven-game series, and I'm standing on that. Nobody wants to see Luke and Kyle in a 7 Well, because I, I think Kai play – I'm looking forward to seeing Kyrie play in a, in a really, really big game again. Um, the funny part about watching Luka tonight was just the sheer amount – like the, the announcers were like trying to will the Knicks back into it, and then Luka <laughs> would just come down and stick an absolute – that, that stretch of threes that him and Dante DiVincenzo were shooting back and forth was just so fun. But in the end of the day, I'm taking Luka to make those shots, and I would take Kyrie to make a lot exactly. of the same shots. Dallas nope. Mavericks fans, you are in for a treat. You've never seen locked in Kyle. I mean, forget he had one bad stretch, and that was in the second round against Milwaukee his last year in Boston. Outside of that, he's p- pretty much been amazing uh, in the playoffs. And, and Mavs fans get to see that the higher, the more pressurized the situation goes, the higher Kai rises to the occasion. And I, I'm looking forward to being back on the show and seeing you guys be like, Kyrie was fucking unconscious. Like, love there's it. genuinely nothing you can do. I love it. My man, thanks so much for hanging out. You got anything else for us? No, nah, that's it, my guy. Western Conference Finals, put it on paper, and uh, that's it, man. I'll be back on the next one. Bold. Talk soon. See you, man. All right, coming up next is my guy, um, Brandon. What's going on, man? What's going on, Kirk? You doing all right? I am doing okay. It is only 1030. This feels great. It's not 2 in the morning. Yeah, it's a, it's a big difference, right? <laughs> yeah. So what's up? What do you think? Man, I, I like it, man. I mean – to me, I feel like long-term, well, not even long-term, but within the foreseeable future, you know, Dallas has assets that they can, you know, trade. Think about this. Worst-case scenario, um, things go bad. It won't look like the 2012-2013 season. Because you remember, not to you – know, I hated that season. season. That's the season that I, I started to get active on Twitter. And, like, I did delete a whole bunch of really mean tweets about Lamar Odom. He made me so mad. And I didn't really understand his struggles at the time. That was a horrible season. <laughs> That's the year Jason Terry left in. I mean, they, that, that roster was terrible. And someone can argue that it was probably one of the worst Mavs roster ever. And, you know, they couldn't get rid of people. And, you know, they were trying to bring in guys and to play because they didn't have enough guards. They are bringing in, you know, Mike James and everybody else. Now, Derek Fisher, they brought in Derek Fisher. They brought in, it was bad. They had Roddy on the roster, OJ Mayo. It was bad. Well, OJ Mayo didn't play that year. He was hurt. I think he was just kind of like talent. But um, now, if you think about it, within the foreseeable future, in the the worst case scenario, you have your fourth year, your last year as a PJ Washington, Josh Green be up, 
you know, Dwight Powell be off of his contract, Hardaway be off of his contract. So worst case scenario, they can let guys walk. And then if, if you know, Josh Stem continue to play well, or if he does play well in the future, kind of progress him and Hardy, they have some trades. And that's kind of how, you know, they could get back in the mix of things if, if things just, if the bottom falls out. So to me, I feel like they got good assets. You know, it's for like their talent. You know, they need a size. You know, they, they need a size with, you know, some ace and NBA age, some talent as well. So I feel like that, you know, it's a win. I like it. More, more, more talented guys is something we've called for on this, on this podcast for forever. So. It's nice to have that, or at least different guys. That's what I told my friend Matt Moore. He's like, I don't know if you're going to like Gafford. And I'm like, look, I'm looking forward to yelling about somebody new. I don't need Dwight Powell and Maxie anymore. It's been six years. Yeah, you know, somebody brought up the point with Max, with, with Powell being the third big, you know, hopefully he could be a mentor. Even though he's not, like, super old, he could be a mentor and kind of, you know, teach guys to be professional. Like, I don't know a lot about Powell, but it seems like, for the most part, he seems kind of professional about his minutes and you know just kind of the team culture so you know maybe he could be some type of voice or some type of uh you know uh example for those guys but dallas like i said before they they get kentucky talent you know mashburn's good they had tony delp i don't know if you remember tony delp they had tony delp one of the most random 50 point scorers in nba history she shantan walker they had roger rose so they rondo he wasn't a factor but he was still a kentucky guy but you know, they, they get good Kentucky guys. I kind of get excited because I kind of like watching Kentucky play. But, you know, hopefully he could be in that lineup of good Kentucky players. But, you know, and this is the last thing, Kurt. Think about this. Melo, Melo's a good Melo's a good passer. And when they played, it was exciting. I mean, they were they were doing exciting stuff. So Luca's a good passer, too. But Dallas doesn't play exciting basketball like, you know, Charlotte did. Hopefully, you know, with him being there and having the ability to, you know, kind of play at a higher level, that it could bring some excitement to the games. Because with Dallas, you kind of know what to expect. Hopefully, you know, him coming in and, you know, bringing what he had in Charlotte, that energy and, and that ability to play, you know, at a, at a different speed, you know, it'll kind of, you know, create an exciting culture. Because if yep. you think about it, you know, when Brandon Wright was there, it was kind of exciting. And we haven't seen anything exciting like that in a while, so. You know, kind of a little bit of nostalgia, kind of revigorate what was going on back then. It's a good time, man. I like it. Brandon is a real. Let's remember some guys. He's he's been a Mavs fan since. Uh, what do you think? How far? How far back do you go? Kirk, I go back to uh, man. I tell you what, I go back to um, Dallas had one commercial on. It was the it was the Empire Carpet. You probably remember one eight eight two three hundred. Oh yeah, they were the only. Not the only, but they were the they were the commercial. So when they went to commercial break, you know they had the little short five minute news and they sure. had one eight two three hundred empire. So I I go back to basically Sam Perkins rookie year. So pretty much around that time, maybe 86, 86. I go back to that. Matter of fact, I go back to the year before. right as they started to get real good and fleece. Uh, the the some fans don't know this. The Mavericks are directly responsible for the Stepien rule because they just kept taking draft picks from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Remember they they had Mark Price. He was a, mm. he was a Dallas draft pick. That's mm. crazy. Yeah, well, thanks so much for hanging out with us. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you, Kirk. All right. Coming up next uh, is Frank. But before I bring Frank up, I want to ask some folks if you can go ahead and like the stream. While you're down there, if you haven't done it already, go ahead and hit subscribe. 
uh, I would really appreciate it. We try to do the show as often as I can, uh, which is after most games, particularly now that the season is in full gear. Um, and if you're listening on an audio stream, please leave me a review. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, my email is pretty easy to find. There's also, uh, we also have our, our, our team kind of email here. Where is it at? It is podmaverickpodcast at gmail.com. If you got any questions uh, and want to talk a little hoop with me, I try to answer most folks because uh, I'm just a guy with a platform. Don't really know anything special. Just uh... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Got lucky at the right time, and now here I am. So, all right, coming up next is my man, Frank. Frank, welcome to the show. You're muted at the moment. Uh, you read me. Boom. Cool. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, sure. So, fun day, man. Real fun day. Hard to hard to get anything done at work. Just constant refresh, constant notice. Just just a fun, chaotic day. Um, I, I I turned in a work task almost two hours late because I just lost track of time. Like, whoops. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, join trade deadline. Yeah, join the party. <laughs> no, nah, but um, I I really it's just fun to see us making moves. You can see. I mean, they said that they've made a move every single year. Luke has been on, on the team and. Um, it sucks that it always happens around the trade deadline. Maybe they feel they can get the best value around that time. Otherwise, maybe they do it a little earlier in the, you know, at the beginning of the year or even off season. But you can tell they care. I mean, nobody. I don't think. I mean, a lot of people were on the Grant Williams uh, train, man. I mean, it was exciting sure. to think to think he was going to come in, and I was too. High expectations, maybe thinking he was going to come in, and um maybe like re-transform our defense or give us a, maybe a, even an identity, you know, since Bullock had left or since yeah. his talents had left in the season before. Um, so, uh, and then I'm going to be all over the place, man. Sorry. I'm it's trying fine. to, I listened to four or five guys and I'm trying to not copy and paste. Dude, what do not said, worry. So. <laughs> this, is a, this is a celebratory podcast because we yeah, don't man. really, there's not enough to be, you know, I, I sometimes come in like a wet blanket because I just I, I think about the big picture sometimes too much. But this is definitely a time where I think you should enjoy, the, you know, the, the fact that the Mavericks did something. And if you're excited yeah. about it, that's good. Yeah, everybody's putting on their GM caps today. Everybody's just trying to put so much weight in. Oh, I'm not sure it's a good idea that we're, we're doing all these pick swaps and stuff. And I get it. I know everybody's trying to have some foresight or maybe nobody wants to. Everybody's mm-hmm. trying to protect themselves from being wrong about, you know, it being a right. bad idea that we were trading all of our picks, but dude, when you have Luca, it doesn't matter. You you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. You don't sit pat with the roster that's clearly not working. You make these moves and you just you you deal with it later. I mean, last year in the off season, nobody projected that they nobody you would have got 
10,001 odds thinking that they would have been able to turn Bertons into Lively and just what they've been able to, they've turned, you know, trash into maybe not treasure, but they've definitely repurposed uh, some of the negative assets that everybody was down about into at least something serviceable. Now you look at our roster, man, we've got nine, 10 people under 26, 27 years old. That's um, a big deal. Every, and everybody has some kind of value. We're not a team full of negative assets anymore. It's, you know, say this, say this crashes and burns and, you know, at least going into, going into the summer, we have guys we can do stuff with. So, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're making the most of it. Obviously we, the having to clean up from the previous regime and then, Obviously, Nico hasn't. He's not batting a thousand. We know he's. You know he's hit. He's missed a few um, on the targets, but uh, and then moving moving on. Uh, Jason Kidd in the in the uh, presser just now was saying, "Hey, be patient. You know, PJ may even come off the bench. Yada yada yada." But I like our offense because you know it's very. To me, it's almost you can almost plug and play if you oversimplify it because it's simple pick and roll with Luca. Keep your head on the swivel make the correct read and it's not a bunch of like like golden state style offense for that is pretty complicated there's a lot of off the ball movement there's a lot of staggered screens there where if you really watch the x's and those it's a pretty intricate offense whereas the mavericks are you know know your role um it's you know it's more surgical it may not be as fun like uh, the previous guy was saying charlotte's offense is really fun or more surgical offense we're gonna take everything the defense gives you luke is gonna make the the right read nine times out of ten and you just gotta you know pj washington for instance he uh there was a stat where he said he's like in a 80 percentile and like pick and roll and then 80 percentile and uh, pick and pop and doing, doing something positive with, I can't remember the exact stat, but he is very strong in the pick and roll. So I, I think, I think uh, the ceiling has been raised this year um, with Luca, dude, you just, nobody saw us going to the Western conference. He's grown his his game has matured. You see the way he dissects double teams. You put more talent on the floor. I mean, I agree with the other guy. Western Conference is probably a little uh, bullish, but um, I think we're a lot for the playoffs now. I'll say that. I love it. Frank, thanks so much, man. See ya. All right. Coming up next is my man Krishna. Krishna, you got seven people behind you. I'm going to put that in your court so so because you're, you're good at soliloquizing. What are you thinking? Um, I'm doing good. How are you, Kirk? I am great. This has been far too long, far too long. I it has like. been. I wondered where you've been. But then again, I haven't been doing these. So it's like I, I realize that if I want folks to come, I need to do these more regularly. No, That's no. It's okay. I mean, you've been busy. Everyone's been busy. I honestly, I'm happier. I got rid of Twitter off. Like I took it off my phone. It's good. Yeah, it can be good to do that. It's good. It's nice. Now, like I have a barrier. So like if I have to do it, I have to go on my computer and I'm like, do I really want to do this on my computer? <laughs> One extra step. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh God, but no, it's, it's good. Um, I'll talk about the game. I think it was good. You know, looking at that, that's a depressing bench. It reminds me of, I think it was, I want to say it was the Lakers where they literally had one player on the bench. I remember this. And I think it was, I actually think it was Chris Kamen who Chris came in on the Mavs, but that was, that was bad. But you know, the Knicks are what they are. They're just a team that you know, Thibodeau like runs players into the ground. And so they just give their effort, but solid wins. It's been surprising. I think like the stat was we hadn't had a three game road trip, like a winning three games in a row on a road trip with wins since 2019. Yeah. I don't know how that's possible, but you know, that that's fine. You know, whatever the circumstances you needed to get wins at this point, especially with 
uh, injuries going on. So that's all good. And in terms of the trade, I'll be honest, I was a little shocked. Um, I was kind of with you, and I thought that the team wasn't really going to make a trade just because I thought they were going to hold on to the pick, move into the summer with three. And I don't know. I like both of them. I understand like more people are positive on the gaffer one. So I'll talk about that more. I think it's a, a solid pickup. He's 26. He's a pretty good center. I don't think he's a, I don't think he has much more of a ceiling. I think like, I don't think he's going to become any better than he already is in terms of adding a lot more to his offensive game. Like he's, he's literally a dunk, like a, a dunking like center. Like he's a rim running center. Like that's all he's going to be really, but that's fine. Like that's what you want in your backup center. And he's a solid defensive center. I think his rebounding could be better, but if you play him with another big, I don't think that's a huge issue. Like the issue we've had is. I want to see it at least. Yeah. yeah, The issue is if lively is your only big, it's hard. If Matthew's your only big, it's, it's nearly impossible. If Dwight's your like, now you have the possibility at least putting someone who's going to help right not necessarily going to always get it 25 right that direction so yeah i mean both the guys are 25 i think pj is also 25 which helps but it was solid pickup i I don't think it's anything big and what it does is it gives insurance for lively lively's had obviously the injuries i think are more unlucky than anything right but it also gives him insurance in terms of like when you're playing that many minutes, 40 minutes a game, like it's almost inevitable you're going to have games where you just pick up five yeah. fouls, three fouls. Yeah. We've been, honestly, when he's played, we've been very lucky that he, he, that's not happened as much as it had. I think, has he fouled out at any point this season? I cannot recollect. No, I, I, I don't think he has. Maybe once, maybe twice, but not enough to where it, it's, it's like, in, it's not where it's become a thing. Yeah, I think he's gotten close. I remember, I think it was the OKC game where he had like five. Like he's gotten very close with five. Yeah. So that's good. I think that's a positive. And like you said, like it's the, the roster is just now taller. Like it's more balanced where you have guys that are, you know, obviously shorter, but you have guys that are much taller now. Um, so yeah, Gaffer trade. It's fine. I get it. The swap. Most people don't like it. I think it's fine. Like I, I was expecting something like that to happen in terms of the PJ Washington trade. Um, I think it was smarter that you went with Grant and Seth, two guys who are really not contributing, really. That's just the truth, you know, the harsh, yeah. truth, unfortunately. And yes, you had to move a first and it's top two protected, all of that. But you consider what PJ is on in terms of a contract, like a four, a pretty solid $14 million contract for four years. Like theoretically, the cap increases in that time. And then what it also does is if you need to move off of him, $14 million in a cap that increases is not the worst thing to move off of for a guy who at the end of that contract would be 29. So I don't think it's the worst thing, but what it also does is it just gives you a legitimate four. Like it feels like that's the, the spot we've been missing is I feel like we've had decent wing players, even like Derek Jones jr. Is fine there. Uh, even Dante like is serviceable playing as a three, but yeah. it feels like we've never had. Well, I think what well, uh, Dante's knee might be more messed up than we know. I think that's part of it. I think so too. But, you know, I just like, I didn't think the three was as big a problem. Like, I felt like Derek is there. And then if you absolutely need to, I think Omax can be there. I think Omax, I think it'll be next season where Omax still keeps improving. It's, it's a little harsh. Like, I think we, you don't, we don't necessarily compare him to Derek, uh, Derek Lively, but, you know, it's hard. I'm sure he wants to be playing, but I'm, 
I'm positive about the idea that, you know, this is just a learning experience for him and I think he can get better, but I think it's good. I think overall good trades. I, I get the concerns, you know, trading a first, like what do we have? But you still have two firsts going into the summer. You still have four seconds, which is good. And I think you have a, a group of players, right? Like I mentioned earlier, I think now you have 10 players under 26. Like I don't think I was ever expecting that at any point. In the offseason nope. we were talking about, we had, I think I mentioned we had like five players that were younger than Luca. You know, now you have a lot more guys who are younger than Luca, which is something that I didn't really expect. So, you know, going into the offseason, we'll see. I don't know if the team is necessarily going to make moves in the offseason. I will worry about that later. Yeah. And really, for me, I think the rest of the season is just about, first of all, getting healthy. Can you get yep. like Derek Jones, really Derek Lively healthy? Dante, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, and then building a coherent system and chemistry with these guys, specifically on the defensive side of the floor. I'm not that worried about the offense for this team. I've really never been worried about the offense for this team. It's about how do you raise the floor of your defensive performance so that you're not, you know, you, know, you don't have to score 140 points if you don't need to. Right. And so that's where I'm a little more positive. You're just bringing in guys who, have a have a, a baseline for their defense. They can perform well on defense. I think PJ less so than Gaffer, but you have an ability to do that. And it's it's in a way it's kind of rep, you're trying to replicate right like that twenty two run, but you're doing it with way more players and way more versatility. Sure. I, again, I never felt like ultimately the roster is like the biggest issue. Um, I think I talked about it in the in the preseason. I still think coaching is always going to be the biggest issue, but ultimately, uh, until you know it, it becomes really toxic, where Luca and Kyrie are kind of the ones who are initiating, you know, that they don't want Kid as their coach. I think it's going to be Kid, but I think these marginal improvements to the roster are st- still important because it felt fi- felt like for so long this team has been stuck in the same kind of roster in the same players year over year. And it felt like, you know, the team was not felt like it was, the team was trying to convince you that, Oh, you know, it's a new season. Like it's going to get better. And really what was getting better was Luca. Luca was really the the only tangible thing that was getting better. Well, the rest of the roster was aging. And so it's, I get it. It's a lot of turnover. And I think from a national media perspective, they look at all this stuff and they go like, this is chaotic. Like why are they making moves? But it's not like there was much to start with anyways. And the yeah, fact that there has been much roster turnover, I think is better now than never. Right. And that's right. Everyone, everyone, there's always going to be speculation like uh, Luca's going to leave, but I would have rather see the team at least try make attempts and, and balance out going for it and protecting some things, you know, not, it, it feels like a balanced approach to everything it doesn't feel like they're going all in where they're just trading everything right we're almost like a a lakers situation but it doesn't feel like you know planned powder where they're just not doing anything and they're they're sitting on it and it's kind of a a balanced act but we'll see how it goes okc will probably be tough i think kid was saying like they may not play on saturday but again it's like it's going to be a process you know you have to integrate these guys in but i'm excited i i'm i'm more excited about this roster now it feels good more balanced than anything and hopefully it's fun like the the most important thing is it's fun and i think the west at least at the bottom is competitive enough that it's good the Mavs at least have been winning some games i think it would have been disastrous if we hadn't won anything in this time and you're at least in striking distance of being out of the play which i think would be great 
That would be nice. It would be All nice. Right. Thank you so much for hanging out once again. Absolutely. Take care, Kirk. All right. Talk soon, Krishna. All right. Coming up next is Raphael. Raphael, what's going on, man? Hit the unmute button. Hi, Kirk. How are you doing, guys? Good. Thank you for having me. First time here. Uh, everybody wants to talk about the trade deadline, but I think we have to talk about that Luca Pass. That the thing was amazing. <laughs> Fucking amazing. I, it's so funny you mentioned that because while Krishna was talking, I was clicking through and and it, it came across the timeline again, and I just sat there and watched it like six times in a row. I know a couple of people were telling me that he's had better passes this year, and I just don't agree. That was the craziest uh, thing I've seen. I just can't remember a single one like that. I just don't. Uh, I think it was a fun game. Uh, the first the first half, Luca was not. Ah, I'm gonna win this game by myself. So. Everyone was getting touches. Josh Green was some nice finish. Derek Jones Jr. had a nice game. I think it, it's it's good when Luca doesn't go superhero because we can see how what we can do, the looks we can have. So, but it was a fun game until he he decides no, that's over. I'm gonna make his six, seven threes in front of these guys and fun game. Uh, I had a great time. Yeah. About the trade line. Uh, I think Gafford, the biggest thing is the regular season when you get crushed by this terrible bigs of some dwarf reeds putting 20 <laughs> points on the Mavs. What a fuck? I'm tired of this. Yeah. It seems like every team has a better big. It's just because I have playing power and maxing. I think it, I don't know if he is going to make a such impact in coming to playoffs. So he's probably going to play at 15, 20. Max will play a lot of five probably. But I think he really helps, and it's not but like it's we have a guarantee playoffs. It's different because at that point you're making the choice to play Maxi as opposed exactly. to having to play Maxi. He even mentioned that we we're gonna reduce max minutes, and that's it. Maxi always broke down some point, and we we've been asking him to do too much in the last couple of seasons, and he had amazing game. Yes, that Knicks. Uh, bench, but he was amazing. Had four blocks, they were not finishing anything in the ring against him, and it was different. When you put power and Josh Hartis finished the ring, Hartis things. So, I think Max and Max with a reduced role will be a big thing for us in the playoffs and going to the regular season. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, man, thank you. what else you got for us? Just about PJ, I was reading something John Holliger, right? It's kind of Debbie Donald sometimes, but oh, yeah. I get him. He never likes any of the Mavs moves. Uh, he's just he's that guy. But <laughs> he said about the idea of PJ Washington. And I kind of agree. You want to do everything, but it doesn't do anything for real. But I think it's a high ceiling move because I don't think he, uh, he's going to be terrible but if he, everything goes right this can be like the Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets uh, kind of move a guy off out of nowhere he fits he does the little things we need and this can be awesome I, I think I think he raises the the ceiling I think we can beat someone in the first round of playoffs right now doesn't that's right and that's it just just one uh, crazy prediction if this whole things work, work, if you, we're going on a run to finish the season, Luke, Luke is probably the favorite to win the MVP. We can mm -hmm. bid 
imagine Mavs number four, five. If if it, if it, number four, I think Luca could get there. But I think right now, interestingly enough, SGA is kind of an inside track just because they're such a high seed. But I like that take. It's a good one. Yeah. Thanks, All right, man. man. Talk soon. Mm-hmm. Raphael joining us. That was great. Um, coming up next is Jacob. Jacob, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for waiting. Hey, Kurt. Can you hear me? You got I me? I can. You sound good. All right, cool. Yeah, it's, uh, dare I say, dare I say the vibes are back? We'll see. They looked different. They felt different. And I wasn't no. even paying that close attention to the game, and it, it felt different. It, you know, it kind of reminds me of when we traded for Kyrie last year and then we won that game in Utah. Where So that's why I'm like, you know, a little bit hesitant to say that the vibes are back, but it felt like we ran, we, we were running the West on that day last year, but you know, that's, that's because we just wanted to kind of meme it to reality, but no. Yeah. I mean, I've the, we won a game that we should have against a hospital team. So, you know, uh, we weren't doing that against, you know, the Cavs, the Grizzlies. Uh, there's another loss in there that I'm forgetting, but yeah, finally took care of business against the hospital Knicks. And especially when Hart, uh, Hartenstein went down, I mean, even with uh, DiVincenzo and Josh Hart going off from three, just to be able to lead that lead tonight's game wire to wire. Um, tell you what, it was an awesome feeling. But I mean, as far as the trade go, trades go, I mean, I Gafford just like I'm not saying like he moves the needle like in a way that's like like. I guess Vanderbilt last year maybe did for the Lakers, the Vanderbilt trade. And, you know, when they all shuffled the roster yes, uh, around the Lakers did, and they went to the West finals last year, but um, to the last guy's point, you know, saying about reducing Maxi's minutes, like this, like, you know, and moving Maxi to the four, it sounds like, like we actually, it seems like we have like a legit 10 man rotation, which I, I go back to even just last year and when we were all bitching about the center rotation last year and how just thin it was and how we never do anything about it. And we, you know, I, I give, I give Nico his uh, credit. Um, and he, I, I really wanted Grant to work out. Seems like a cool dude, I guess. Just didn't. Right. was, we were able to get off his contract, right that wrong pretty fast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, PJ Walker. I mean, I admittedly I haven't watched a ton of Charlotte. I don't think anyone has. Um, if you're not yeah, I'm not going to have firm takes for at least a couple for at least a couple weeks. Right, right. But I, th- I mean, I think we generally have an idea that okay, you know, you can kind of trust him to you know maybe put the ball on the floor, uh, get a shot off in the mid range, uh, rebound a little bit. I we we think he's going to start, right? I mean. So I'm not sure. I bet kid tries a lot of different stuff. I really do because it's like, do you send Josh green to the bench? You know, it's the Mavericks played so many different starting lineups. Why not some more? Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. I've, I guess I've, I figure that at some point, maybe, I don't know, let's say game one of the playoffs, you know, for, should we get that far? Um, Luca, Kyrie, Josh, PJ lively. I would write. I mean, Maybe. Uh, yeah. We'll see. So, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I heard you were talking, Josh, you and Josh were talking earlier about Dinwiddie. 
<laughs> I mean, Josh might have kind of talked me into him. I'm just, I don't know. He he's such a mercurial guy. When things are going well, he's definitely a dude you want on your team. When they're not, it's like, all right, you know, he was he was he was just a bit much for me. Yeah, the he is a little bit of a crypto man is a little bit of an interesting dude, I guess. But you know, I never forget um, when he uh, baptized Gobert on TV. That was uh, incredible. That was a quite yeah. That's a good moment. I like. That's a great callback. I don't know. Maybe I'm just wanting to relive that run so bad. But I mean, if Exum's not going to be healthy, and I don't, I don't, we're prognosticating about his knees, which is weird because, like, you know, before he went over to Europe, uh, you know, he couldn't stay healthy ever, right? But he goes over to Europe and he's healthy all the time. Yep. And then he comes back, and all of a sudden the knee issues are popping up again. I don't. Right. It's weird. Oof. I mean, in a perfect world we don't need i think it's number of games i do i think it's number of games and minutes and frequency that stuff is tough yeah i get yeah i mean yeah i don't know about like i'm not a doctor but i mean i googled right uh, you know knee bursitis and it said like two two three four weeks somewhere in there and, and this that was after he uh what his foot get hurt or something he had a, um, something with the uh, plantar like the which yeah. tendon that runs down the middle of your foot so yeah no that, that's that's annoying but uh, yeah i mean if 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 we can't i mean if we're not going to be able to rely on exum i mean i guess i just don't really see the risk yeah of dinwiddie really but maybe, uh, y'all, maybe y'all are right maybe i'm just being a ninny so we'll see yeah we'll see I mean, what about daniel house i mean like him too you know, I, I don't. I, I shouldn't have such strong opinions on guys that aren't going to have tons of minutes. I just, I, I get like yeah. that sometimes. But the guy, man, that really just I feel like is is in an awkward spot is Tim because I know by and large the fan base wanted to see him go. You know, it, like it is he a winning player? You know, and hey, I mean, the full Tim Hardaway Jr. experience was in full bloom tonight when he knocked down that impossible shot from the corner and he comes right back and he throws up a heat check, which I don't know why Tim feels the need to throw up a heat check whenever he makes one shot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get that you're a microwave and he's basically our Cam Thomas, but like it's (laughs) like he can really shoot you out of games, but then he'll come right back and just make a (laughs) Tim. Tim is Tim is low key. The funniest player in the league. Oh yeah, he does know. He just says he's like a he has a memory of a goldfish. He just does a crazy <laughs> thing, and yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I was actually surprised to see Hardy. Surprised, uh, I was survived the deadline. He just doesn't make enough um, money to move. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there was something that we could have did for Wiggins, you know, with the Bertans exception, Tim, and you know, maybe yep. something there. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking out loud but no yeah. no yeah it's it's a the vibes feel like they could be back i mean i'm just well, i'm just glad. saying especially if dinwiddie comes back you know i mean i won't say they're immaculate because you know that was brunson's whole thing but i mean hey uh if if we just all i'm saying is the thunder better not let us win on saturday yeah because we're gonna get so ignorant, and then and then the Wizards and the Spurs. We're going six game win streak into the All Star break. We're gonna well, have thank you so much. Well, I, that's what I'm hoping for. I just a six game win streak in All Star break would be great. I, yep. You wouldn't be able to tell me anything all week. 
be mm-hmm. great. Yep. Well, hey, man, thanks for popping in. All right. Yeah. Have a good one. All right. Coming up next is David. David, welcome back. What's going on? Hey, Kirk. Uh, just running errands tonight, grabbing some medicine for the little one. You know how it is. Sorry to hear that. I hope it's all right. Uh, just a little, little nothing. Yeah, it'll be fine. Um, but uh, now I'm pulled over, and I just had to say uh, I wanted to, to celebrate joining the party. Um, it's always fun kicking the shit out of the Knicks. So I don't care if they're injured, hurt. Their fans are insane uh, after being at a game a few years ago at MSG. So it's always fun to watch them uh, go home and swallow a bucket of tears. <laughs> so what do you got we got six more people and my wife is giving me the stink eye so oh i know uh, how that feels um i you know i'll, I'll go to, to something that um so i i've been calling in and saying you know we got to get bigger we got to get bigger and we got bigger today so that was huge um i'm loving this three-game win streak I'll, I'll go to a conversation i was having with a friend of mine during all the trade stuff and uh you know i think our ceiling is the second round potentially this this year just because of the you know tr- you know gelling and in mid seasons always tough. Um, I think this this group of players possibly if they pan out like we expect, we could hit another level next year, especially if we're healthy. But first round matchups, if we are you know sixth or seventh, you know essentially we're we're past the play in in the first round. Who can we take that's in the top four right now? And I'm presuming Phoenix stays at five. I don't know, man. I I don't feel good about any of them. I really like it's there. It's like, which kind of pain am I looking forward to in that particular day? I, I think the wolves would probably be the most testy because I, I think you could make half that team collapse in the moment, probably followed by the thunder. And then Denver would be the, the, the team I wouldn't want to play second most. And then I don't want to play the Clippers. No, thank you. I mean, that's like exactly what I said. We're on the same page. Uh, my friend was thinking the Timberwolves would be a tough out, but I think we own Rudy Gobert. Jason Kidd's already carved him up. Once. They just don't fouls get called differently in the in the Wolves whole the Wolves whole thing is is they just foul you a lot. I, I think the Mavericks can flat out outscore them because I don't think the Wolves have very good offense. But it worry they that would be what would worry me is like it would become kind of a bitch fest, and that doesn't interest me. That's fair. And then I think the Thunder are just you know they're. I don't. I think it takes a little bit more playoff experience to be really ready. Uh, and the Mavericks, I think, would be a little bit of a bad matchup for them in a first round. I think they're going to want. Yeah. I, I my my problem with the Thunder is you don't know what you don't know. Meaning, so many of those guys are so young and so inexperienced that I don't know if you know to be scared. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like, there's an interesting conversation going on in the chat about SGA and like SGA gets all the foul calls because he doesn't complain. He plays unbelievable defense and just orchestrates that team. They're smaller though. They play, they, you know, the Mavericks and them would kind of be a fun, I think it'd be a fun matchup, but I just, they just have the, the Mavericks have more horses now, but the Thunder have a lot of guys. So that's why, yeah, that's, no, that's where I, I settle with them. I see that. And we play uh, the next game. So we're going to get a, we're going to get a front row view of, of what we think of them pretty soon. I, I can't wait. Look, six and zero, or even five and one in this last bout of games. I will punch that ticket. Um, We know that's three more games we got to win, but everything seems winnable now. Where I feel like I called you after that Bucks loss, and I was like uh, ready to go. You know, jump off a 
a bridge uh, over at Margaret Hunt. Uh, last thing I'm just going to say real quick, though, I think with these guys that we got with Washington and um, uh, what is that, Dick Gibbons or uh, Daniel um, uh, Gafford, there we go. I, I figured it out. Uh, you know, the fact that we actually have our first real tandem center rotation since like 2011 with Hayward and, uh, and, um, Tyson, uh, you know, to me, this feels like a real center rotation. I can't wait to see him play. Uh, I think I've seen him play once before, uh, when the wizards are in town. Uh, but it also, to me, probably marks the end of, the pick and roll with white Powell, where he doesn't know to be ready for a pass when he gets wide open. So <laughs> I watching him flail against God's grand design when he's underneath the basket and like lose his shit yeah. is, is, uh, you know, I love the guy. He works extra hard as best he can, but there's little T-Rex arms trying to grab uh, passes up a little, little bit or trying to make the adjustment. I don't think we have to see that at the five anymore, which just makes me happy. And uh, I, hope, you know, appreciate that the guy sets really hard screens, but you got to be able to do something with it if you do set a hard screen. Um, so I can't wait to see. Uh, you know, I thought your assessment earlier uh, with Josh was perfect. That this guy is a is another lively esque type above the rim player, and that's what the Mavericks love for their floor spacing and their attack plan with Luca. And having that rim rolling threat is just going to keep our offense humming when uh, when last year it just bogged down and everyone just stood around with their hand up their ass. So um, <laughs> uh, can't wait. Well, thanks so much for hanging out and waiting to talk. All right. All right. Have a good night, Kirk. Thanks. Yep. All right. Coming up next is longtime show joiner, Chris, who stayed up extra late for us. What's up, man? Yeah. Sorry if you saw me in the background yawning. Uh, yeah. Showed up late. Um, to this uh, uh, podcast feed uh, about I haven't been getting on to these um, party lives, but I've been, I've been watching the show. Of course, Thanks so uh, much. YouTube premium. I still watch it. A, a loyal listener. Um, but let me roll down some of the stuff. I I'm kind of rusty. So I have to write down some of the stuff I was talking about. How much, so how many uh, draft picks do we have left to like first round picks? Do we have to 20, 2025, but they have to move on from the next one. 2031. And then they have three, or I'm sorry, four second rounders. I'm not sure what years. And I want to say it's thing, the, oh. so we have a we, we're going to use this year's uh, OKC second round pick. Is that what we're getting? Or our this first year round? we're getting? I don't know which one. I don't. I don't care right now. I'm not. My brain's too tired. To yeah, yeah. No, I get you. We got to focus on. But we do have a second round pick this draft. Yes. Okay. Okay. Honestly, I feel like with these moves that we're. Third, we're the third best team in the West, even over the Thunder. And I know I sound crazy like that, but hey, do I do I sound like a nut to like want to play the Clippers in the playoffs? Yes. And, right, have you dude, looked at Kawhi's numbers? Have you looked at Kawhi's numbers though? If we play them in the second round, though, dude, you know I'm not hoping for it. He's you shooting fifty percent from three over like the last thirty games. Oh shit. He's a he is playing better basketball than he's ever played before. He is and, you know, a, he's a to death they, they've actually uh, they've consistently been on the floor. I don't think they've really missed many games at all. So no, and it makes you wonder whether the dude was ever injured at all. It's crazy. Yeah. Or you get to the playoffs. If they get to the second round, is he gonna run? I mean, is he gonna run into an injury? I mean, you, you never hope for anybody to get injured. Sure. But, 
Um, I don't know. I just kind of, I just want that revenge, man. I was at that game. Oh, I get it. 21, and I'm like, I feel like it would get a little vindication for this team. Just, they also happen to be better because I, I just don't know how you defend them in, in, yeah. in, in a, to a certain extent. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's going to be nice to not have, you know, I mean, Dwight Powell's going to be really at the end of the bench now because he's like the fourth center on the team right now, right? Yeah. So you got, yeah, yeah, Lively. And and Gafford was a player that a couple of years ago I was even talking about, even on this show. I was like, what about a guy like Daniel Gafford? Yep. Like, yeah, he's, he would be nice. I'm glad they got somebody. There wasn't really a good, big talent pool anywhere um, available today anyway. Um, so I, I really feel like the Knicks and the Mavs had the best – trade day really so i mean i felt like we've improved and we we need we needed a backup center we got a backup center we needed a wing we got a wing so and like like the other guy i don't really know much about pj washington because i don't the only time i watch the hornets play is when they play right the mavs, I don't really remember him right he wasn't a, he wasn't an against the mavs all-star is is what i will say so in your opinion real quick lastly um do you think that this team currently constructed as long as they stay healthy is better than the 22 mavs I mean, it's deeper. Let's see him play. Let's let's talk probably during the trade deadline. Let's get like two to three games and we'll see. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I'll let you go. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season and, uh, you know, playoffs. Hopefully now we won't be a playing team. So For sure, man. Okay. Thanks so much, man. Talk soon. Sure. All right. Coming up next is Leo. Leo, what's up, dude? Hi, Mr. Kirk. Is the mic okay? Yeah, you sound great. All right, just some quick hitters. Is there a specific uh, kind of defense or offense you're looking for the maps to run now that they have more size at more positions? No, but I would like to see, you know, one of the things that Luca does is he finds something he likes and he kind of beats the hell out of it. Um, and and I would I would like to see the Mavericks attempt to experiment more. That's okay. all, and the just sec- with different lineups, you know? Okay. And the second one, I don't know if you're a going to be able to answer this one do you know if any of the maps coaches have a specific kind of interest or like anchor in josh green because the one game i went to the milwaukee game like during every like pause of play like josh would always be go over talking to sweeney or kid like quite literally every time someone was shooting a free throw or there was a timeout i'm not sure you know, Josh Green's a tough one for me because I'm so mean about him that sometimes I overanalyze him. Other times I don't pay attention at all. <laughs> okay. All right. Hope you have a good that's a good, that's a good insight, though. Like, paying attention. You pay attention to a lot of stuff, Leo. I think that's good. All right. You have a good night, Mr. Kirk. All right. Talk soon. All right. Coming up next is Simon. Hey, Simon. What's up? Kirk, man. It's been a while since I've talked to you. You know, it's... Well, um, a lot, a lot's, ha- a lot's happened, and I, you know, I have a long list of stuff I want to talk about, but I know it's late, so you know we only got so much time. Um, so I guess we'll start with the trade deadline. Uh, it looks like most of the mass fandom is is happy uh, with the results of it, which I uh, think they should be. Uh, on a funny, did, you used to live in Northern Virginia, right? Yes. Yeah. So, you, are you familiar with you know Tyson's Mall? Yes. Yeah. It's a funny story on a personal note. Uh, I was Christmas shopping there. Um, yeah, yeah, Risky. yeah. You can imagine. And and I run into of all people, Daniel Gafford. <laughs> <laughs> he looked he looked like he was kind of stoned, but large human. <laughs> yeah, he was very large. I was like, you know, he's wearing a gray sweatsuit. I'm like, that guy looks familiar. Oh, shit, that's, that's funny. Daniel that's Daniel Gafford. Yeah, but you know, obviously living up here, I watch a lot of Wizards uh, games. Unfortunately, but. I think Gafford is was like, you know, I talked to my dad a lot about basketball, but 
he's like one of the few guys in the Wizards. I'm like, well, shit, if he was on a a, a team that actually was was playing for something, he could help him because he he does have a a definable skill set that can help a team, which is he should just roll to the rim and dunk the hell out of the ball. Right. And, <laughs> and, and like, I mean, that's like, you know, there's all, you know, he's top. I think he's, you know, lively is, is top 10 in the league in dunks. And I think Gafford is also top 10 in the league in dunks. And, and I know you uh, correctly have, all, have always one of your complaints about the Mavs has been, they just lack size and they just mm. lack athleticism and they just mm. lack what other uh, NBA teams have, but that, you know, now you go to a center rotation with Lively and Gafford, and all of a sudden, you know, when Luca turns the corner on a pick and roll, it's 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 a lot more threatening. Yeah. Um, PJ Washington, I, I don't really have a take on. You know, he seems like a you know kind of a um, how do you say it? You know, he fits the bill. He's six foot nine. He's got he does a little bit of this and a little bit of that. He posts up a little. He shoots the three. He's not shooting it great this year. I looked at the stats. Um, but obviously with the looks that Luca creates, you know, he's, he seems to raise a lot of people's three point percentages. Uh, when, when that's they, true. When they, uh, when they share the the, they're getting more they open sh- shots. Yeah. That's exactly, the hope. Exactly. When they share the court with him. But again, he's, you know, he's six foot nine. Like he's like, I think somebody else said earlier, he's like a legit, you know, power forward, at least in today's NBA, you know, he's not a, you know, an Oakley or anything like that, but he's right. in, in the, you know, the parlance of, the modern NBA, he is a, he is a power forward, which is, you know, something that they didn't, I mean, they were playing. It's a, it really is kind of crazy to think about how two years ago they made the conference finals and their two quote unquote forwards were Reggie and Dorian. Yep. I mean, that's like, that is, that is wild to think about. Um, what else, man? Like I said, it's been a while. It's uh, all right. I, I, you know, the game tonight, I mean, they're, they're, you know, not much, not really much to glean off it. Obviously, give, uh, give me a, like, get, let's take a win and get out of Dodge. Yeah, yeah, take a win and get out of Dodge. But I, I'll get. I want to. I got to give the Knicks credit because I mean they were extremely, extremely shorthanded. They obviously just made the trade, so they were missing the rotation pieces from that. And, and Brunson wasn't playing. Randall wasn't playing. Ananobi wasn't playing. Uh, but I mean, Divincenzo. I mean, I, I don't know what the. I, mean, I was like, damn, I might take him. Dante's over. been on a run. Go look at his box <laughs> score. Uh, his recent I, I, box I, scores. Yeah, I, I have, and you know, I I saw the box scores. I was like, well, I don't know where that came from. And then I watched him tonight. The dude just like you know, he move he moves well. He's got a lot of confidence. You know, every you know every shot, especially the threes. I mean, that's like they showed on the broadcast. He's taking fourteen threes a game over his last five or six games, but. Every three he takes looks like it's you know he's on balance, and he's got a he's got a solid base. I mean it was a fun game. It, you know the Mavs were never really threatened, which is great. You know I mean you yep. got to just take you got to take take the wins when you can get them, and uh, and move on to the next. Uh, and last thing I guess before I go, I you know I waited all night for you uh, after Lucas scored seventy three because I really <laughs> I really wanted to, I really wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, Man, that, that one sucked. <laughs> I was in the hospital. Yeah, uh, that's that's so unfortunate. But uh, there was a there were I don't know if you I, I'm 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 sure you've watched it since then. There was a in the third quarter, he shot a uh, it was like a falling out of bounds, you know, baseline shot going to his right. Who's which this? Like he, Luca. Okay, Luca in the in the in the in the Atlanta game where he's you know. And which is a shot that he ne- he never shoots, 
he did like it's not like I don't think it's something that he works on, but he just in that game he just like he just pulled it out of you know it's like a Kawhi Leonard uh, or, or or Kobe type of shot you know or Jordan, mm-hmm. and he doesn't really do that because he doesn't shoot like the traditional jump. Yeah, shot. he doesn't take he takes like high value shots, but not high like but he doesn't take low. He tries not to take too many low efficiency shots unless it's like a really far away three. Correct. Well, I mean, he does like he does like have that little he when he does the step back it, the mid-range step back going to his left on the left side off the glass it seems like he makes it every time he's gotten very comfortable with that and that's like one of the ways that his game his game has grown cuz you know his first I, I, honestly like a week ago i remember i watched like his uh the the series versus the clippers in the bubble and he didn't take anything but layups and threes. <laughs> it was like, you know, 75% layups and 25% threes, but it was amazing how much he was getting to the ring. I mean, right. it was just it was just uncanny. And I think, you know, I came on earlier in the year and, like, I, I was like a little bit frustrated with, like, how sometimes he just seems like he just doesn't attack enough. And you kind of talked me off of it a little bit. It's like, well, he's just, you know, he's saving himself. And yeah. I think especially with the fact that he's got a broken nose or whatever, he's probably trying not to get hit too much. Thank God tonight, three balls start falling in the second half, and uh, you know, and, and, and it looked good. Final numbers were good. Mavs got a win. They got Oklahoma City coming up. That's going to be a great game. Excited to watch it, and uh, it's great to talk to you, Kirk. I can't wait to do it again soon. Thanks for hanging out, man. Talk soon. Yes, yes, sir. All right, coming up last but not least is Mr. Green who looks like he is in a field. Mr. Green, are you hanging out? Are you there? Are you going to talk to us? Sorry. When when you have – we had such a long uh, – a lot of people that wanted to talk tonight. Um, makes it a little bit tough to get through everybody, but we tried. Uh, missed my man Rolo, but just a few minutes. He just messaged me and said he had to go to bed. Mr. Green, are you there? Okay. Well – I'm going to talk for a few seconds more. Oh, yep. I'm going to talk for a few seconds more here. We're going to close out. Thanks for hanging out. Josh Bona will be back on Saturday. Don't know when because it's an early game. Uh, that 2 p.m. start time local is very different, but we'll try to figure out something. Appreciate your support. Thanks for hanging out. We will talk soon. Everybody have a great rest of your week. Go Mavs. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.